Upstream with Jim and John, father and son conversations about discipleship and culture in the Pacific Northwest. I'm John. And I'm Jim. And today we're going to talk about Kanye West and the suspicion with which some people look at people who make decisions for Christ and how complicated that makes the whole Christian conversation sometimes. Yeah, it's a a saying I've heard is it's a real sticky wicket. It's a sticky wicket. Yeah, I not, wonder what that comes about. What, what is a wicket? I don't know. I imagine it's a, you know, of southern origin. Maybe that's just stereotypes, but, but it sounds like it would be to me a wicket. Yeah, hmm. I don't know, but it's not. It's not as straightforward as it could be. But that's the. I've heard that phrase, a sticky wicket. You I'm just actually? curious. Yeah, I'm just curious what 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 that is. Well, yeah, we're talking about. Uh, I know what it means, you know, when you use it in a sentence. But yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm just continuing the, the etymology of the thing. <laughs> right. Like if you were to look at a dictionary, origin 1812, <laughs> uh, Daniel Wicket fell into a, a big vat of molasses. Yeah, you know, your grandfather and, used to use one called, uh, you better ball the jack. <laughs> jack the ball, ball the jack, I think is what it was. Ball the jack. Yes, and it's about how they piled cannonballs into a pyramid next to a cannon, and you mm-hmm. balled the jack. Uh, something like that. Anyway, What's I remember that being a thing with him, you know, me going, what are you talking right. about? What's the jack? I, I don't know. <laughs> you have to look it up. <laughs> okay. But it was one he used a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if I looked that up, and it turns out he made that up. And it, <laughs> it's just nowhere else. <laughs> that could be. Okay. Anyway. Uh, we start off every episode with story and or joke time, and it's your turn today. It is my turn. So um, the story that comes to my mind is uh, one profoundly impactful to me. Um, I'm always nervous when I tell stories about my family of origin. Um, I don't want to offend anybody in my family, mm-hmm. and I don't want people to think uh, I'm even weirder than I am. Well, your your whole childhood was a sticky wicket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. While I'm telling this story, look up sticky wicket. I want to okay. know where that came from. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> my whole life. So when I'm when I'm, uh, you know, in my childhood, I knew two grandfathers, Snuffy, <laughs> and Red. Now. <laughs> Snuffy and red. Snuffy and red. So were those both their God-given names? No, and that's the thing. I don't know their names. Oh, that's I only know them as Snuffy and Red. And Snuffy was my dad's stepdad, and Red was my mom's stepdad. My mother's dad. So neither related by blood to you. Correct. Gotcha. But they're the only grandfathers I know. And my mother's grandfather was killed. You know, when she was 11, mm-hmm. my dad's dad, I'm told by my grandmother, my dad's mom, that he died of brain cancer. Mm-hmm. She had these elaborate stories of how in the hospital they had a device through his head. She said it looked like a battleship going through his head as they were trying to fight the cancer, save his life. She had all these stories of him dying in a hospital from brain cancer. So mm-hmm. this is what I believed my whole life. Until I am about 45 years old. 
maybe 48. Holy smokes. And I'm told by the first, for the first time, um, I'm talking to my mom on the phone and I mentioned uh, Snuffy mm-hmm. or not Snuffy. I mentioned my dad's dad dying of brain cancer. And she said, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I said, he died of brain cancer. She said, no, your grandfather did not die of brain cancer. I said, this is what my grandmother, Lockett, God rest her soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what she told me my whole life. What are you talking about? And she said, no, he uh, he drank himself to death on an Indian reservation. My dad was uh, 19 years old, mm-hmm. and they found his dad in a little one-room building on an Indian reservation in Oklahoma where he had drank himself to death. And inside this little uh, one-room shack is a mattress on the floor, a bunch of booze bottles laying on the floor empty, and he had a nickel in his pocket. That's it. Single nickel. <clears throat> and so my dad had to muster up, find the money. Nobody had any money to bury him. My mm-hmm. dad my dad found the money and paid for him to be buried. So you, your grandmother made that whole thing. She did. Yeah. She did. Very elaborate. Yes. So I carry in my pocket two coins. I've been doing this for a while. I carry a penny from 1978 um, because on the penny is Abraham Lincoln, <clears throat> the great emancipator. Mm-hmm. And in 1978, I found Christ who emancipated me from my slavery to my sin. And I carry a nickel to remind me of this heritage of my family. And it's the nickel or just? No, it's just a nickel. Um, I would I would love to have the nickel. I don't know if my dad kept it. I don't know if that side of the family might not be organized enough for. That's probably true. I don't know. I, I, I would not be organized enough. Yeah. To maintain a nickel for 50 years, longer than that. Well, I'm only 57. Right. Well, so this. Yeah, the, he died before I was born. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So that's true. Um, there's a story you told me or I've, I heard, but, you know, you know how these things go. I have no idea if this is even real or not. But but somewhere in my head, I got the story that the last time your dad saw his dad was at a traffic uh, traffic light. He was at a light on his motorcycle and he saw him on the side of the road. No, you're actually blending this with a story of a guy who was my mentor, my gotcha. youth pastor in high school. This, that was my suspicion. Yeah, and so his dad was homeless, mm-hmm. and um, he was pastoring a church, and he would have to pass his dad drunk on the side of the road on the way to work at the church. Um, it tried to help him multiple times, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, so we're getting into the depressing side of what well. can be family life. But the reason I tell the story is yeah. because um, it, I don't know why when we, when I was thinking it's my turn to tell a story and I'm thinking about stories, this one is significant to me, first of all, because I didn't know that. And my mm-hmm. grandmother seemed, you know, why it would be so important to her to hide that. Right. And. Also to know that that's part of my legacy. When my dad died at 36 years of age, he was the oldest living male in the history of his family. And so they all died young in various means and ways. And now yeah. his brother, my uncle Earl, is uh, in his mid to late 70s. So, so you know, he's shattered all the records. But <laughs> he's got the gold medal. He, yeah. He, he, yeah. Uh, but um, I, I think about the, you know, the enormous power of alcohol mm-hmm. and the danger of that. I think of um, 
I think of family and shattered relationships and the yeah the grace we need to keep our families intact. And I also think of Snuffy and Red, who were my holy, you know, my step step grandparents. (laughs) That's insane. And they were gold, man. They were good to you guys. Oh yeah, Snuffy had this. He died when I was ten, and I wasn't allowed to go to his funeral. My parents thought I was too young to go to a funeral, so I remember sitting upstairs on the landing of our stairs when I was told he died, and then I sat in that same spot while they all went to the funeral. And uh, Snuffy uh, had this five o'clock shadow that was like super grade sandpaper. <laughs> and every time we would go see him, he would rub that, my face on that beard of his <laughs> and it would turn my skin red. You know? Yeah, I bet. Exfoliate you. Yeah. But uh, just a great guy. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think uh, one of the power of narrative is obviously I'm a big fan of that and it's huge. But two, it's uh, uh, cautionary. Knowing the truth of of your sure. your grandfather, you know that's important information for a few reasons. So, yeah. obviously, I can understand why your grandmother wouldn't tell you the truth. But um, I don't feel you know that's my lineage too. I don't feel any uh, shame in that necessarily. She yeah, because she, she's closer to it than than we are. But yeah, I feel proud of my dad for bouncing out of that mm-hmm. with some semblance of normalcy and being a highly productive man. You know. Um, since we're going to tell crazy stories about that, my grandmother, the same one who told me her husband died of brain cancer, right? Um, she was a radical, and this will speak right into maybe our conversation today. Mm-hmm. She was a radical Christian, uh, a really weird Christian. <laughs> sure. And my dad would get in trouble in high school because he was that way. And when when he got home and the school had called her and said, you know, he did whatever, X, Y, or Z, she would lay him on the dining room table and pretend to crucify him. Whoa. And tell him that she was crucifying his flesh and make him lay there for an hour. Holy smokes. So as you can imagine, my dad didn't have a lot of interest in organized religion. No, I I can't imagine. (laughs) (laughs) But he did have a belief in God. And so uh, just even thinking about all, you know, again, the, the power of narrative yeah, and where we all come from, um, there is no normal story. Right. Yeah, that's the kind of thing where he might, you know, he might go to church for the first time in like a decade and be like, where are all the tables at? Where do we like, <laughs> where do you lay down? <laughs> I think he knew his mom was a good uh, Yeah, job. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. I actually, little minor thing, I carry a, a 50 cent coin in my pocket. Oh. Uh, when I was a barista, uh, I exchanged some of my tip uh, coins out because we got a 50 cent coin. They don't come around very often. Not mm-hmm. that it's that rare. I wasn't like, you know, like I found gold. It right, was just a big right. coin. I was like, right. that's kind of fun. And then uh, at uh, Evergreen, you guys were doing a thing where it was, you take, it must have been a penny, right? Yeah. You take a penny and keep it with you as like, just a, a device for you to be aware of it through the day and make you think of um, the price paid for you. Yeah. And so I keep the 50 cent coin because I need about 50 times more <laughs> than, than everybody else. You need 50 times more grace. Than, yeah. yeah. I, I don't I don't bear witness with that, my brother, but <laughs> but uh, OK. OK, so let's get on to our subject today. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're, you know, Kanye West. Kanye West world, is a really famous, really famous guy. And married to a Kardashian, that might help some yeah. people. He's uh, he's keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah, he is. And um, and uh, a rapper 
Is that is his music rap before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. There, actually, me and Lindsay just had a, a big thing about this. About there's there's hip hop, there's R and B and rap, and and which one is the umbrella term, and which one is the genres of that umbrella. And we didn't come to any solid conclusions. I would call him uh, a marital discussion with intensity that very few couples ever have. <laughs> right. You guys are quite unique. Yeah. And so he's he's really R and B. Yeah, but he really uh, the reason he's world famous is because uh, early on, before I was listening to uh, really any music, yeah, because uh, he he's been active for uh, a really long time. I mean, relatively to to his age, uh, uh, it was his. He's just creative, shook the game up. Now his music, if you were to listen to it back, you'd think, well, this sounds pretty standard. But that's because he really shook things up. Because he was the he was the game changer, right? So, uh, and uh, he's been a game changer in every way of his life, kind of uh, leading an edge of sometimes creativity, sometimes a little bit of a lunacy. Yeah, and so he has a lot of enterprises. He uh, has a uh, fashion, and he uh, likes to say that he's into architecture. I don't know if there are much many fruits of that. Also, uh, notoriously uh, uh, patchy success rate. Uh, he's in uh, filed for. Or I don't think I don't know if he ever filed for bankruptcy. He very publicly stated that he was bankrupt a few mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. um, and just other stuff. S- uh, social snafus. He announced that he uh, uh, was uh, very much in support of Donald Trump, which as a a, a famous black man is very an R and B guy. Popular. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and also just how he you know he's on uh, keeping up with our, the Kardashians. Uh, and he uh, had a uh, mental health kind of crisis. He was uh, not institutionalized, but he went to a hospital for his mental health. Um, and does he, is ago. he diagnosed bipolar? Bipolar, yeah. And That's so he, he talked a lot about that publicly. And, and now he's released his new album, which is a worship album. It is called Jesus is King. That's the name. That's of the, the name of the album. Yeah. So you can't I think there's say only... the name of the album without professing that's pretty cool. The gospel, yeah. He didn't say that, but that's that was my right. Yeah. And so uh, I think there's a small album, seven or eight songs. Yeah, it's many. It'll take you uh, less than uh, about thirty minutes or less, I think. Okay. And I have not heard it all. I've heard one song, and people are raving about the quality of the music and the the lyrical, um, you know, worship and praise of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's pretty clear. So. He's professing that he has accepted Christ as his king, that he will do nothing but worship music from now on. Um, uh, Saturday Night Live did uh, some sketches on him this weekend, Mm -hmm. kind of mocking this change in his life and saying that he has become an old white woman (laughs) because he has said he's going to go back and and reproduce his songs in a G-rated version. I guess they've been pretty... uh, That's a... Yeah, a, a, actually a big uh, patch in my, my knowledge of this is I'm not familiar with a ton of his past uh, work, um, which probably I imagine a lot of Christians aren't until now, which is kind yeah. of, I think part of this whole stereotype is now a whole bunch of, uh, you know, conservative, largely white people are like, oh, Kanye West, and this kind of a thing. So he's, And he uh, has said a lot of really, really dumb things. He uh, uh, a while ago said that uh, all of slavery in the past was... Um, uh, What's the term? You, you, well, it was not compulsive. They, they decided he's voluntary, voluntary. Yeah. Uh, he's just, hmm. he, he said, some, yeah, exactly. Lots of, lots of things where you go, hmm. And he, and he established in the recent past, mm-hmm. the church of Kanye. Well, yeah, well, the Sunday service is what it was called. And he's, uh, still doing that now, but in a more, um, Christ focused way. Exactly. So but started, before that, he was the God being worshiped. 
Yeah, not not verbally. Like they weren't, you know, singing songs to Kanye, but it was really it was about him. He has a, you know, for a while so his uh his name was uh, uh Yeezy is the is the brand of his shoes cuz the Y-E. <laughs> Yeezy. So that yeah, then there's Yeezus, which a lot of people called him. Uh for like before this for a long time. Yeah, and so yeah. he's uh and and yeah, very uh, very clear about how he thinks of himself. A big thing now is is post conversion. He's still saying that he's the greatest human artist who ever lived. Okay, so uh, the short story is that this is getting widely mixed reviews, his coming out as a Christian right. and the release of this album. And what we're, what we're curious about talking about is why so many Christians are taking a cautious view of his faith and saying, well, let's see if the fruit shows up on the tree mm-hmm. before they take his word for it that he's had a genuine conversion. Exactly, yeah. And that's one of the – probably one of the, the – the uh one of the roots of this conversation is the uh publicity of his life right mm-hmm. so uh not only a normal celebrity where he might keep to himself he up till you know even including now very very open and uh and forthcoming to a uh detrimental pretty degree. transparent yeah and yeah. but and so some stuff like and so the point being uh you know uh dedicates his life to Christ there are some changes that come about so uh pre you know, I think he gave a month. It was after, so the Sunday service started at Coachella. He he did this big Sunday service. What's Coachella? Thing. It's a huge music festival. Okay. Um, basically like a, a yearly kind of millennial Woodstock is basically what it is. Okay. And he started the Sunday worship service during Coachella. During yeah. Coachella. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but not, but you know. But it was about just whatever. whatever. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, before his conversion, he, you know, uh, is encouraging his his wife to wear you know revealing stuff. He encourages his daughter to get all pretty and custom. She's tiny, young, um, and now you and know, he's never married this girl. His his no, yeah, they got married. They did get married. Mm-hmm. Okay. She is uh, Kim Kardashian West. Oh, okay, yeah. And their <laughs> their daughter's name is Northwest, <laughs> which is very funny. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, now he you know he's on this TV show still because they're they're married and this documentary crew falls him around. Doc- that's the polite word for reality it. tv yeah. yeah uh and he's saying you know i don't want you to dress like that anymore and he's telling his daughter i mean you know we don't do that anymore we, so this is all unfolding in real time exactly. on keeping up with the Kardashians. exactly so the the uh perceived hypocrisy is right there because this guy is like you have hundreds of hours of footage of this guy living his life so uh that's the he's really getting it from all sides and it makes it's not so simple as just you know oh, is he really a christian is exactly. this real is exactly. his conversion real and, and he, especially so, with the mental health concerns, then you're like, well, what if he's just, what is know, he having a breakdown? Yeah. This is just the flavor of the, the, the year for him. Okay. So he's not, it's not getting warmly received in his, um, hip hop world mm-hmm. and it's not being warmly received in the Christian world. Right. So he's kind of a man without a country. Yeah. It kind of seems that way. And it was already a little bit that way. Uh, when he started supporting Donald Trump, obviously a lot of, <laughs> a lot of I can't even hear that without laughing. Well, he, and so a lot of this was cult- cultural. That was my first concern. So he started, yeah, he started he's trying to make hat. a splash. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and he's really into fashion. The, the red hat, you know, you could spot it out of a crowd. Right. It's a huge cultural touchstone right now. Right. And so then when he's like, oh, well, now I'm a Christian, I, I, my first thought is he's he's uh, doubling down into that culture. Yeah. And he's going to change the brand. Right. Um, but uh, but the album is clearly gospel-centered. It's, it's a worship album. This same kind of thing happened uh, with a much less controversial figure, with a, a Chance the Rapper back in, I think it was 2016. Uh, he released his third mixtape. 
uh, and it was, uh, and he had uh, gotten saved between two and three. And a lot of it was, uh, was Christian. The first, he released a single first on, um, some reality. I think it was Jimmy Fallon or something. And it was, um, it was called blessings. And it was, I called it a worship song. I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, this guy just released a worship song because it was about how, uh, it was just about praising God. It was the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, but then he released the 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 record, and I would not call the well the, the mixtape. I wouldn't call that a worship mixtape because right. it was you know there's a lot of stuff in there. It wasn't it wasn't all objectionable, but it wasn't it wasn't all praising God. It was still about his life and all this, and a lot of it was still explicit. Um, and I have no doubts about that guy, uh, Chance the Rapper. I think he he's he's the real deal. He's been you know that was years ago. He released another uh, record, still lots of of worship in that, um, and also explicit. Also explicit, yeah, still. But mostly from, uh, he still swears, but still, you know, from, from people who are uh, guests on the oh, I see. the album. But um, but this whole thing was uh, mostly just about, he got roasted for this too. It was just about how much he loves being married. He married his baby mama and they're one big family now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just, a, it's a, he's rejoicing the whole thing. It's 20 tracks. If the Kanye one's too short, this one's way too long. It's huge. <laughs> and the whole thing is just talking about how much he loves being married and everyone got kind of sick of it. But I was a fan of it. Cause I love being married, but, uh, anyway, so, so two different things. So Lindsay, right. if, you're, if you're listening, I love being married. I love, being married. <laughs> um, anyway, if I'm talking too quick, just kick me in the, you're doing something. great. You're, okay. you are, your pace is, is I'm rapid. Trying to, you're doing okay. There's a lot yeah. of context. Yeah. Uh, I'm treating all the listeners as if they're you, as, as if they, they're me. Cause yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't have my right. Kanye context. And if you know me, this is probably pretty funny because I don't know very much about this stuff either. But, uh, so, but, but, uh, Chance the Rapper is mentally sound, um, not as public. He was working, you know, what he started when well, he was Kanye like, West has been a controversial figure for, for a long, the, long time. The, the, uh, the Taylor Swift thing where he pulled the mic out of her hands, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. During the, uh, Grammys, Grammys forever yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. That was like, I was, I was like a preteen when that happened. Right. And so, and yeah, Chance the Rapper, he, he converted, I, I don't like that term very much, but you know what I mean? When he was in, in like his early, maybe 20, 21. Mm. So uh, it's, it's pretty different. Uh, but and how old is Kanye West? He's bumping 40. I don't know. That's a great question. I bet you he's either bumping 40 or in his early 40s. Okay. And so let, let's get to what, what it is uh, you want to talk about here because. Yeah. We've just been doing a lot of context. Yeah. So, so for you the surprise to you has been how reluctant the body of Christ is to embrace this guy. Yeah. Well, it was twofold. So I listened to an interview with, um, an actor shoot. Can't remember his name, but anyway, it was, uh, it was on, um, uh, the relevant podcast and he, uh, was talking about how he's been a Christian forever, mm-hmm. but, and, and, you know, you don't have to, if you're a famous Christian, you don't have to get on your soapbox all the time and talk about it. Right. But he was like incognito on purpose for his job. He said mm. that he didn't really, he purposefully didn't talk about it because uh, he was worried that he would lose work, uh, mm. which was a whole nother thing. But uh, the big thing here is that Kanye is, is, um, you know, not double down. He's tripled down. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's he all chips in on. Yeah. This. He claims, and yeah. he's this kind of guy, you know, he's the guy who said, I will be the president of the United States in 2020. Oh, he did say uh, that. Yeah, way back when Trump first got elected. Uh, so he's that kind of guy. But you know, this is a worship track. He said he's never going to make secular music ever again. He's going to, you know, like you said, go back mm-hmm. and make G-rated versions of his old music. So this is, and this has been months later. It's not, you know, with right. a guy who turns as quick as he does, it's not an insignificant amount of time. Right. And the way he talks about his life, there's a big interview with um, 
Uh, it was uh, the Beats channel. I think the guy's name was Zane Lowe. It, it, you know, it's like a two-hour interview. And it's chock full of stuff, you know. He says, I think he still says he will be the president someday. And he still says he's the greatest human artist of all time. But he also uh, says that he has his life is in service to God now. That's all in his lyrics. That's all all of the foundational understand all the context of what he's saying in the interview is uh, nothing contradicts that aside from hubris, right? So he's still full of himself, but but there's nothing like. Uh, but he might say that I am the greatest artist in human history, and he says so that, that I can glorify God. Exactly. He put me. He gave me this because I'm on mission. He says this cracking up first. He said uh, God saved him because because he's bragging a little bit mm-hmm. that he can take a guy as ridiculous as as me, Kanye, mm. and and change him and use his talent. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. But, and this is a whole nother thing kind of about mental illness where just because he's a Christian, I don't believe that he, I believe he still probably has bipolar disorder and that doesn't help, you know, his public perceptions. But really it was, uh, just why low there, trust, man. Instead of exactly, celebrating exactly. this conversion and all of this conversation it's creating about, uh, Christ and about faith. Right. Uh, why aren't we celebrating that instead of this should have made everyone just Fist pump, right? Like, should have been huge. He's, he's a superstar, and yeah. he seems to be really, really <laughs> forgot. This is a big deal. But but it wasn't – it's not that much fanfare. It makes me think of the Apostle Paul, you know, when he has the road Damascus Road experience, and then he tries to join the body of Christ. Well, he's been murdering them, mm-hmm. and they're all afraid of him, and nobody wants to embrace him or let him in. And Barnabas then – uh, befriends Paul and then brings him to the Christians and says, "Hey, you can. You're, this guy's safe. You can trust him." And and Barnabas becomes this bridge. And you're wondering, you know, does Kanye need a Barnabas who's going to help him? Sure, uh, get into this. But I think of other famous conversions in my lifetime. The the one that parallels this in the music world is mm-hmm. Bob Dylan. When I was, I, I have no familiarity with this. Now it's your turn. Yeah. So with, Bob with Dylan, context. you know, I'm I, I I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan because mm-hmm. um, my dad was and. Um, so, um, I want to say, um, just before I went into high school, Bob Dylan has this conversion experience and he uh, is under contract with RCA records to produce another record with them. So he tells them, I'm only going to write Christian music. They said, well, you owe us an album. Mm-hmm. So he, he released the album. You got to serve somebody. Oh, and yeah. that was the title track. And, uh, the whole album is about his journey of conversion sure and what it's like to be lost and found and it's really really good now bob dylan is still an exponentially weird dude (laughs) i was trying to watch a documentary on him the other night and i can't even watch it it's just so weird Mm -hmm. and he's a weird guy and he didn't stop being weird now um, I'm from Dallas, and we have a school in Dallas called Christ for the Nations Institute (CF and I). Mm-hmm. And I had been told that right after Bob's conversion, Bob Dylan, he went to CF and I to get discipled. Yeah, he wanted oh. to he wanted to get discipled and learn everything about the faith. Now I don't wow. know if this is true or not. Yeah, this yeah. is what I was told, and that he left after two weeks because there was just student after student after student giving him a word from God about his life. Hmm. And, you know, all the Christian weirdness ran him off. Um, I don't know what Bob Dylan would say today about his relationship with God, what his belief systems are. Uh, but there was a lot of cultural, it was a cultural quaking mm. 
sure uh reaction to bob dylan's conversion as well and um so I, i'm fascinated by this and i think it speaks to this question we want to talk about of um the 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 apparent judgmental um lack of confidence in the church for a guy this weird mm-hmm. this famous this uh so dramatically anti-christ prior to his conversion and just so dramatic in general with where everything he does is cranked up to 11 yeah um let's let's double down on that and and kind of break that down let's do that after our halftime our our commercial break oh, okay we have a, a a brand new polished commercial break <laughs> and so here you go here you go Upstream is supported by the faithful members of the Upstream team, listeners who give monthly through Patreon. This podcast is just one part of the Jim and John ministry. They also write weekly blogs, have published their first book, and are currently at work on more. Their desire is to produce transformational content as well as offer encouragement and coaching to others. The dream is to see a movement of people who are integrating the work of Jesus into their daily lives and who are joining him on his mission to redeem and restore all things. Check out their website at jimandjohn.com where you can learn more about the father-son duo and gain access to all they have to offer. If you would like to join the Upstream team, consider partnering with Jim and John on patreon.com slash jimandjohn. A link is also available on the homepage of their website. And remember, there's no H in John. Now let's join Jim and John for the home stretch of today's conversation. All right, welcome back. Before we continue our conversation, I forgot that I never told uh, my dad in the audience what a sticky wicket is. Oh, okay, yeah. So you looked it up. Looked it up. Turns out it is a uh, cricket phrase used to describe a difficult circumstance that originated uh, caused by a damp or soft pitch in cricket. And so, you know, it's a little... A little underhanded or a little soft. That's a sticky wicket. Interesting. So the wicket is the stick right in front of the batter. He doesn't hit with a wicket, does he? I have no idea. That's the first paragraph <laughs> on Wikipedia. <laughs> That's a great question. It's a bat. It's I a did, cricket bat. I, I was thinking that um, it had to do with cricket, but I didn't know in what way. Well, anyway, if you want to learn more, you can do that on your own time. <laughs> we got we to gotta get the okay, show on the let's road. Get, but yeah, let's get back to our conversation. Okay, so... Uh, why, why is it so hard? Do you think for, uh, Christians on the whole to really, um, take this guy at face value? Yeah. 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 I think that, um, one of the difficult parts of Christianity is that we like things neat and in order. Hmm. So we like our faith to make sense. We like to have a question, an answer to every question. We have, um, this illusion that all Christians don't drink, don't chew, don't go out with girls that do. They manage their sexuality a certain way. They mm-hmm. view politics a certain way. They live a conservative whatever lifestyle. And so when somebody comes out of left field, it rattles that that thing. Sure. <clears throat> and what I think it's made me um, kind of look at is how comfortable we are with nonconforming Christians. Hmm. So, um, how comfortable we are with nonconforming Christians? How uncomfortable, uncomfortable we are. How how difficult it is for us to get our arms around a nonconforming Christian. Now, yeah. this is just my theory, 
And what I think by that is, it, you know, you can be – I remember there was a guy in Montana, a friend of mine, and uh, you talk about mega conservative Republicans. Sure. And I asked him one day, I said, hey, do you think it's possible I this, yeah. Yeah, to be a Christian and a Democrat? And he thought for a long time, like two and a half minutes, which is an eternity mm-hmm. in a conversation. And he said, I would have to admit that that is hypothetically possible. <laughs> So that guy would think, you know, is it possible for Kanye West to truly have a biblical view of Jesus? He's wearing that red hat. Of course he can. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we have such a box, man. I think our religious box can get so tight and so perfect that when somebody claims to have, uh, they claim the faith we confess, Mm -hmm. but their box doesn't look like that. Right. It freaks us out. And then so then it's like, well, is he really a Christian? Is that real? When's he going to start dressing like a Christian? Sure. When's he going to start talking like a Christian? When's he, when is he going to do the things that we think in our mind Christians do? Mm-hmm. And so it's disruptive. It's a this is a disruptive thing. Yeah. And so it's terrifying. And, and, and um, one of my life missions, I think, is to help people trapped in religion find their way out. And uh, for people who are trapped in religion, this is a very disruptive idea that Kanye West could actually be a Jesus lover and that Jesus loves Kanye, even though he's on keeping up with the Kardashians on TV and even though he's immersed in this culture. Yeah. And he's bipolar and he's got all these and he believes is the greatest entertainer in the history of the world. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is so messy that it's difficult. For us to get our arms around. Yeah. And it's only difficult for us if we feel the need to control what a Christian is. Yeah. And I think there's a suspicion that I'm definitely guilty of. You know, even say it's like a, a guy who's living basically the life of, of Paul, right? Say he's technically homeless. He goes around in a van around the country, mm-hmm. you know, doing what he believes God's calling him to do, having conversations, stopping at random churches. I would I would look at him and be like, well, you're you're nuts. You're a weirdo. You're right. That definitely doesn't fit in my box. Even even if it clicked, you know, there were no red flags biblically. Well, because the question, a weird then, life. yeah, the question then is, how should you respond to that? Like this, I've met guys like this. Yeah. I'm sitting at McDonald's one morning. In comes this guy. He clearly looks like he has walked there. <laughs> uh, this guy's living. He's a gypsy, mm-hmm. and he begins to sit down and talk to me uh, after he asked me if I can buy him a cup of coffee because he's broke and I buy him a coffee and he wants to sit down and talk. And he tells me, man, this guy's quoting scripture. He's got an accurate view of the scripture. He's talking about how God has called him to walk across the country and encourage people to find their so way he, toward Jesus. He did walk there. Oh yeah. Wow. And this guy is a homeless vagabond. Hmm. And I found myself wrestling with, is this legit? Right. Right. Like, how does one do that? Is this guy in his right mind? Does he battle mental illness and he loves Jesus? I mean, his grasp of the scriptures was phenomenal. Hmm. And uh, so what I had to do with myself there is, man, go get him. Yeah. And he may be loonier than a loony bird, but I'm going to cheer him on because what else what, what else would I do? Right. You know, hey, get away from me. You're nuts. Um, I don't think that should be our posture. Yeah. And so uh, I, I think what this strikes against me and I – Tell me if you have a different question or a different view of this. What this sure. strikes to me is the compulsion that Christians have. And this is why so many uh, people in Kanye's kind of world 
or people who are just uh, far from God, why they distrust Christians and why they are frustrated by Christianity. Christians have a hard time not wanting to control you. Yeah. I want to tell you how to think. I want to tell you how to vote. I want to tell you how to see the world. I want to tell you how to manage your sexuality. I want to tell you whether you, what chemicals you should uh, induce. Uh, they just want to control your world. Sure. And uh, the amazing thing about Jesus is he makes not one effort to control people. And he gives them the freedom of unconditional love, the light of truth, and then the personal responsibility to figure out what they want to do with that. And I love that. And yeah. I think Christianity could become irresistible again if we celebrate uh, Kanye's journey. Hey, that is so cool that you are producing an album about Jesus and you're asking these questions and having these conversations. I'm not the one ultimately responsible about whether he goes to heaven or hell when he dies. Mm-hmm. I'm not the one who has to judge whether his conversion is genuine or not. But I love the conversation he's stirring up and people are considering Christianity because of him who yeah. wouldn't prior to that my, right my, well yeah my my uh candid opinion is that even if he's a sociopath mm-hmm. and he's doing this for the pr that is a worship record from one of the biggest music names there's been in a long time no doubt about and it that's that i mean god doesn't need him to be a spot you know squeaky clean genuine guy and what does to, paul say in romans he says uh some people preach god pe- preach christ out of genuine conviction, mm-hmm. some preach Christ out of for financial gain, and some preach Christ because they want to make my world even more difficult for me because he's a prisoner in Rome. But either way. But he says, I don't care. Jesus is being preached, so I yeah. celebrate that. That's kind of what I think the church response ought to be to Kanye is, hey, yeah. I don't know if you're doing this for financial gain. I don't know if you're doing this to mock Christianity. I don't know if you're doing this as step three of a five-step plan for Kanye's marketing scheme. But, hey, I love the conversation about Jesus. Yeah. And so twofold. One, the the um, candidness is a challenge for sure for the public opinion mm-hmm. with how or, or I mean, the um, the publicity of him, you know, just how how see through the guy is. Right. Um, but I, I'm, what I hope this sheds light on is the um, how difficult being born again really is. Mm-hmm. It's not as simple as it is oftentimes as, as it can read in the in, in Scripture. Um, and that, you know, in, in a church, right, a person, uh, has this huge encounter and they give their life to, to Christ. And then there's, you know, there's social pressure, whether you want it or not, you know, uh, say they were, uh, I don't know, they smoked a lot of weed before they got saved and they, they want to stop, but that's a, you know, there's chemical stuff going on. There's, it's, it's a lifestyle shift mm-hmm, you got to do. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. And a lot of times God emancipates you from that on the spot as a right, miracle, but right. that's not always true. So uh, and even though uh, Kanye's, uh, you know, sin management, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. there's no telling on that. But his um, it, it's clear to see that he is still busted and, and as is everybody. So I'm, I'm hoping that it would do good that you would see. Yes, he's on fire for God. Um, yes, he's given it really all that he has. Mm-hmm. And yes, he's still got a lot of baggage carrying him carrying around. Well, this brings to my mind Bono. Yeah, yeah. You know, Bono mm-hmm. uh, is convinced that Jesus is the Christ. He's convinced that God is real. Uh, but, man, he's politically controversial. He still uh, has crazy views about human sexuality and, um, you know, whatever else. He's mm-hmm. non-conventional, non-conforming sure. to the Christian uh, prototype. Uh, 
And so people are really don't know what to do with him. Don't, you know, it doesn't fit in any of the boxes. Right. And so that, that becomes a real challenge and man, may the Lord help us become people who, uh, make room for people to navigate their journey. Cause man, it is a journey. I'll tell you what I've been dying to know about Kanye is how did this happen? Yeah. I've been curious too. Did someone in his life reveal Jesus to him? Did he pick up a Bible? Did he have a dream? Like what was the precipitating event that got him to give his life to Jesus? Yeah. I've, I've, the interview I mentioned, uh, I didn't, haven't finished it. I've I'm been working through it cause it's very long, but, uh, the most that he's uh, given a glimpse of there is that it was during his Sunday service stuff. So he was bleaching his hair and it had, uh, <laughs> it had some kind of meaning, right? He had bleached hair for a very long time Yeah, and it was, it was, it was, uh, important to him. It was important to this service. Mm-hmm. And he said one time, it, it, the final time it was just kind of, uh, it was burning. It didn't. It it wasn't good, and, it, and he realized that this kind of whole thing he was doing was not good, and it was all kind of choking him. And so I think it was twofold: one, running to Jesus, which I don't know how that happened, but I think he was running away Revelational from a lot of insights of just how messed up everything yeah. was. And so uh, I mean, you know, a guy who gets battered around that much by his publicity, I, mean, I, I would have run away much sooner than that. Mm-hmm. So, and now he is more secluded. He's still on the show. I don't know the. Maybe there are paperwork reasons why I can't escape that. I have no idea. But, uh, you know, he put he moved his Sunday service thing to, uh, where was it? Uh, I think it was, I said North Dakota. I, I take that back. To a very isolated location. He has mm-hmm. like a, a few hundred acres. Um, but but uh, I don't know the the catalytic event either. Catalyst, catalyst event? Catalytic. Catalytic, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he seems the, the depth of it or the... The drive behind it is seems to be hard to fake, mm-hmm. but yeah. So I have a I have a question: Is there a a case, where, you know, fictional or not, where you would say, um, I'm not going, I'm not necessarily stoked, right? Like, oh, right, like, like. So for for Kanye, I was I'm excited. Is there a case where where that guy something about what he's doing now or something about it, the skepticism you would say is is warranted? Well, I think it's all messy. We're all messy yeah. people. If I truth is, you take any Christian, if you could read their mind, mm-hmm. if you understood the battles of their own soul, nobody's got a clean, antiseptic, perfect Christian faith. We are messy, messy people. Um, um, Mel Gibson comes to mind. You know, he yeah. he he was passionate to make the passion of the Christ. He had an encounter, a Catholic faith encounter. Uh, with Jesus, it's important to him in the movie, you know, the hands nailing Jesus to the cross, the hands holding the nail and hitting the hammer are his hands in the movie. He wanted he wanted wow. his hands to be the ones crucifying Jesus because his sin put him there. And, of course, Mel Gibson has alcoholism problems, and he's got women problems, and he's mm-hmm. got all these problems. And so people are really nervous. I, my, what springs to my mind as you were talking, John, is the scripture where uh, the word says, lay hands on no man quickly. And it's talking about the the idea that when people are brand new to faith, um, that they need to um, they need to grow and have responsibilities in a in a appropriate level. So you don't take a Kanye West and make him your pastor, sure, and you don't sure. take Kanye West and make him a deacon, and you don't make him a teacher. You give him opportunity to grow in his faith and work out these issues in his soul. 
before he gets spiritual authority in your life. Yeah. And so I think that's the wisdom for us is to celebrate him and hold our hands open with how clumsy and, I mean, none of us have any idea what it's like to be him. Yeah. To be raised in the home he was raised in, to have the enormous cultural influence that he has, the enormous wealth that he has, to be married to a Kardashian, that's a complexity all of its own. <laughs> right. Right? So right. I can't even begin to identify with where this guy has been. So, man, I just want to celebrate the activity of Jesus in his heart and make room for that to play out. But I'm not going right. to stake my spiritual health on the outcome of his life. He should not have spiritual authority in anybody's life. He's a he's a new beginner learning how to walk. Right. When he, yeah, Paul talks <clears throat> about the the immature in faith. When you're when you're a baby, you drink milk. Right. You know, and exactly. And, and yeah, my probably my takeaway is that uh, um, one that his his spiritual maturity. He is a, a spiritual newborn, regardless mm-hmm. of, of his age. Right. And how much uh, how many growing pains there are in that. Um. And and yeah, that holding your hand open. If it him, you know, say uh, next week, right? He says, "Oh, all that was crazy. I'm, I'm back." You know? Yeah. Say he becomes the next, um, the guy from the mask, that comedian, Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. Yeah. If he flips into some weird, uh, now I'm into all of this. Right. Right. And we just like, need to have our hands open yeah, and go, man. And if and and don't let that at all um, break your faith, just like it shouldn't make your faith. Right. Um. I I would be obviously bummed, I think, just that it didn't play mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. that way. But, um, but well, yeah. I think this would be my takeaway at the yeah, end yeah. of this is um, my encouragement is we should all be praying for him. Hmm. Whatever's going on there, I guarantee you, if his if his uh, trusting of Jesus is real, I guarantee you there's a devil trying to beat the snot out of him because he's so high profile. And to and to push him into renouncing this faith. Sure. So the guy could use prayer support. And so this is back to your original frustration. Why is everybody so, well, I'll believe it when the fruit shows up or I'll, you know, yeah. the skepticism and the doubt. Um, hey, don't 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 get your daughter to marry the guy. It's not like you need to, <laughs> right. you know, right. And, but, and don't let the petty, weird stuff get in the way of you being stoked. That, that God is moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I do think that we should be praying for him. That, um, that that whatever happened in his heart is real, and that God would continue to not only protect him but grow him deeper in his faith. Yeah, and although I do give the John stamp of approval to the album for whatever that's <laughs> worth, uh, so you've heard the whole album and yeah. you loved it. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's what I was gonna say. Uh, there's, you know, it's not a full, uh, I, I don't condone everything in there. There's, uh, some, you know, one or two verse or, or lines where I'm like, oh, that's, that's a little strange, but, uh, I think, it, you know, 80% of that, um, mixtape is, or no, uh, record. There is a difference, which mm-hmm. I've learned recently, mm-hmm. um, is, is powerful, very powerful. It was, it was moving. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, do you have a takeaway from this whole conversation, John, for you personally? Yeah. 
his uh, his Im- the immaturity of his faith yeah. and the uh, that you shouldn't let whatever happens to him make or break your faith. make or break your faith. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. Well, man, we hope this has been uh, fun for you. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Before we go, actually, we have yeah. a, a, a podcast producer. Oh yeah. For the first time. It's yeah. A, it's a tier on Patreon uh, for for their support. So uh, Dan Reese, he uh, he's the producer of this uh, of this episode of. Uh, Jim and John, yeah, uh, Jim and John, yeah, and you can check out that stuff just like you heard in the in our polished, you know, shiny new, new commercial. <laughs> you know where yeah. to find that. So, so congratulations, uh, Dan Reese, and thanks for your support. And congratulations to us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are the greatest. Uh, what is that? We're the greatest artists on. Yeah, living or dead on the whole. <laughs> whole <thing>. <laughs> Not. <laughs> Not. We'll see you guys next week. All right. 